Welcome to Whiskey and Wino. Oof. As Erin is finishing her whiskey shot, breathing her gasoline Oof. breath all over to me. Sorry. Because we're in Rude. person again. <laughs> I, I can just smell share. all of her gasoline. <clears throat> no, that was when you made me drink that wild turkey 101 on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Hey, I didn't make you. I you offered. Did. She <laughs> literally made me. Did I make you do a shot of that? Yeah, you did. Oof. Yeah, it was not nice. And Katie. Shout out to pleasant. Katie and Emily. Uh, Shout out to both y'all. Yes, Katie and Emily were um, fireball, though. Oh, I thought I made them do wild turkey. I think I made at least Emily do it. You, I did, for sure, because I am still tasting it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's just nasty. It's my brother-in-law's poison, too, is wild turkey. I don't... Honestly, I don't know why we have it in the house. I just It's leftover from... Who knows? Not me. It was, I did not Not my it. poison. Wine so. is my poison. I'm drinking it out of uh, my surviving oh. motherhood one sip at a time from mm, my lovely mother. Yeah, she bought this for me. And I am surviving motherhood by this. I have a little pink um, cake cup shot glass that from Jen. And oh, that was actually Kim brought those over to my house. Well, thank you, Kim. I'm enjoying <laughs> your shot glasses. And I have some Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. All bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Fun factoid. Mm. I don't know much about whiskey. That's about all. Um, where they make Jack Daniels, it's a dry town. Dry county. Yeah, I mean, you don't Which smoke is your own supply. Apparently you don't. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to a dry county, it was in New York, and I went into the liquor store, and I said, you, not liquor store, obviously, the store, and I was like, where's your beer, liquor, and they're like, this is a dry county, and I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, I know it's not raining, I don't understand, what does that have to do with liquor, and he's like, no, we're dry county, oh. I got that part, I don't know what that means, <laughs> he's like, we don't have liquor in this county, I'm like, Why? <laughs> That's insane. Why would you want that? I bet everybody wants a job at Jack Daniels then so that they can sneak. Right? Because I think they get two free bottles a week, I believe, what? with their paycheck. That's what I've heard, that you can have two free bottles. That's amazing. And then Ben and Jerry's, I think you can take like two pints home a day. Wow. I'd be so fucking fat. I'm going to have to open up my um, employment to Ben and Jerry's, you yeah. ordered to Vermont. <laughs> Maybe I mean Tennessee or it's pretty close Vermont. To me. Wait, where where's Jack Daniels or Jim Beam? Tennessee. What did you say it was? Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Okay, they're in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee is beautiful. This is Kentucky. Tennessee oh. is really pretty. All right, now that we've got all our geography and employment, all right, way. we're good. We're just gonna go and be fat and drunk. Apparently, <laughs> that's our life goals. For sure. I mean, we're quarantining, so. Right? Quarantinies. Yes. So what are we talking about this week? The title of my story is 200 Demons House. Really improper English. The Possession of Latoya Emmons. Mm -hmm. I use the IndiaStar.com, Wikipedia.com, and RealParanormalExperiences.com. So the reason I even use the IndiaStar.com was because it was their story. So, like Amityville, I like to hear it from the people that experienced it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, here we go. Uh -huh. 
In 2011, LaToya Emmons, her mother Rosa Campbell, and her three children rented a house located at 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. Oh, Gary, Indiana has, is not a good place. It's not a good place. There's a lot of, like, killers. <laughs> There's a lot of killers there. <laughs> I think my cousins are from Gary, Indiana. My Uh-oh. aunt, my cousins. I think they lived there before they moved here to California. Um, the children were ages 7, 9, and 12. Latoya, Rosa, and the children claimed the house was a bed of paranormal activity and demonic possession. So, just days after they moved in, a massive swarm of black flies swarmed the porch and continued to return for days. They killed the flies over and over again, yet they always came back. This was at the beginning of, no- of December, so it was a bit chilly for flies. If you remember, this also happened at Amityville. Yes. After midnight, one night, both LaToya and Rosa heard steady, heavy footprints climbing the basement stairs, and then the creak of the basement door opening, which led into the kitchen. So, no matter where I move in Pennsylvania, I'm going to have a basement, and that freaking terrifies me. Like, I will never go down there. That's... You need to... You need to f- make it sure up. it's finished. No, make sure it's finished right. and just use it. And then it, it won't be as creepy, like like a pool table and Amber has, maybe um, build a little apartment. Yeah, her basement, she built uh, bedrooms and then a oh. little office. So it's like used just like, and then the stairs continue on from the stairs that go up, you know, from the upstairs. Oh, that's So it's cool. just like another level. So that's my goal is for my forever home to make it so I'm not going to get killed in it. That's a good goal. I like it. Latoya would walk out there and no one was there. Even after they would lock the door, they'd still hear the creak of the door as it opened from the basement. One night, Rosa woke up and saw a shadowy figure pacing in the living room. She leapt out of bed to investigate, but all that was left were wet footprints on the floor. <gasps> oh, no. Which is super rude, to be honest. Like, yeah. Wipe you your know feet. What? Yeah. Don't be a dick. There's no reason. Demon or not, don't be a dick. Was it water? I don't know. They never say. Oh, I would be sending that shit to a lab. Right? Tell me exactly. Is this like, what do they call it? uh, Plasma? Ectoplasm? (laughs) Slimer. (laughs) Slimer. That's what I was thinking. Slimer. Okay. So on March 10th, 2012, their uneasiness with the house turned to terror. Uh Uh-oh. It was around 2 a.m. and LaToya and Rosa were still up with friends because they had lost a loved one and they were having a small wake. Hmm. LaToya started screaming, Mama, Mama! Rosa ran into the room where her 12-year-old granddaughter and a friend were staying. The 12-year-old was in the closet rolling blunts and shouted to her mom, Look at what you got him! (laughs) I forgot I put that in there. I was like, what? You were probably smoking your own blunts (laughs) putting that in there. Pretty sure I was at work when I wrote this. That's um, possible. Maybe you had your pen. <laughs> <laughs> ha, kidding. The 12-year-old girl <laughs> was levitating above the bed, totally unconscious. Latoya and her friends surrounded the girl and started praying together. Eventually, the girl descended back onto the bed, unharmed. When she woke up, she had no memory of the incident. Both Latoya and Rosa stated that none of their friends ever came back to their house for a visit. No shit. Gee, you think? Count me out. Yeah, your kids start levitating I'm out, dude. No. I love you, but I'm out. Dude, I'm out on my own children. <laughs> you start, on your own. If you start levitating, I'm sending you to your dad's. Right? <laughs> you deal with this. Yeah. 
Rosa, Rosa told Latoya, we need help. Uh, we need to find someone who deals with this kind of shit. They didn't know what... The, I don't think she probably said that. <laughs> Wait, did you say how old Latoya is? No. Oh, okay. Uh, she's pretty young. I'm going to say in her 30s. She has kids oh. 7, 9, and 12. So I'm going to say she's probably in oh, her 30s. I thought... I thought LaToya was a kid. No, LaToya's the, the daughter okay. and Rosa's the mom. And so they're both grown women? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, oh, when yeah, you yeah. said daughter and mom, I just assumed it was like a teenage girl or like a young... Oh, no. These children okay. are all LaToya's. Okay. Rosa's grandma. Gotcha. And they live together, though. And they live together, yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we need to find someone who deals with this kind of shit. Uh-huh. They didn't know what they were dealing with, but they knew it was something not of this world. They started calling local churches, but the majority of them refused to listen. One church told them their house probably had spirits in it. Duh. They recommended they clean the house with bleach and ammonia. Mm -mm. Um, Don't those kill you if they're combined? Isn't that like a no-no? I believe so. Yeah. Also... you don't cleanse the spirits of like germs. Or bleach, like yeah, they're immune now. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Give them COVID. <laughs> Bye. Um, then use oil to draw across on every door and window. The church also suggested that Latoya pour olive oil on her three children's heads and feet, then smear oil in the shape of the cross on their foreheads. Wow, so, that's messy. Yeah, the twelve-year-old's probably totally gonna break out too. Yeah. It's hard to clean up oil. It is. It's and it's very slippery if it gets on a wood floor. I had a bottle Oof. of um, oil, like an oil dip for bread, above the fridge, Yum. and I accidentally knocked it off the fridge, and it was a glass bottle, and it shattered all the fuck over my uh, tile kitchen. And cleaning it was like I had to clean it in seven different. Uh, times it was like first clean up the glass then the oil then like neutralize the oil so you could actually it was a mess i cried (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i cried (laughs) yeah it was a nightmare so latoya and rosa reached out to two clairvoyants who told them that they had over 200 demons staying in their house latoya and rosa said it made sense to them because it went with their christian faith the clairvoyants said the best thing they could do is move (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, Uh, (laughs) both women didn't have any money to move again. So instead, they decided to make an altar in the basement. Because that's what you do. Make an altar for the demons. I mean, here's just another thing that afflicts the poor communities. (laughs) I wrote, because that seemed like a good idea with like 100 question marks. Mm -mm. Latoya covered an end table with a white sheet, then placed a white candle on it and a statue of Mary, Joseph, and little baby Jesus. She opened the Bible to psalms 91 she and another person who is gone unidentified for some reason donned white t-shirts and wound white scarves around their heads they burned sage and sulfur uh which i thought was like the demons like shit i thought that was their thing doesn't sulfur smell like rotten eggs yes and i'm pretty sure that that's how another sign of demon possession is is the sulfur smell maybe that's how latoya got Possessed. She yeah. opened up a portal, sulfur. Right, she built an altar soul. and then went around with sulfur. Oh, no. Oh, Latoya. <laughs> I said, which is weird to do sulfur, because that's probably demon's axe body spray, you know? 
I crack myself. Nobody's up. attracted to Axe body. Nobody. Spray. That's Stop true. Wearing it. That's Stop. A, right. The girls will not chase you down. <laughs> no. At least not for the reason you want. Definitely just shower. Like <laughs> girls like showers. That's uh-huh. true. True story. Anyway, they burned it all over the house until the smoke was so thick they could hardly breathe. Hello, sulfur. Yeah. The unidentified person with her began to read Psalm 91 aloud as they walked through the house. You will not fear the terror of the night. Now that now the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. So nothing happened for three days. And then shit got real. Mm. The family said demons possessed Latoya and her three children. The kids' eyes bulged, evil smiles crossed their faces, and their voices became deeper after each occurrence. Rosa wasn't possessed because she was born with protection from evil. Says who? She said she and others like her have a guardian who protects them. Huh? Well, how come your daughter, you didn't give that to your daughter? Right? I was like, what does that mean? You need to, I need to know more about this born with protection. Like, I know how to protect yourself, like in Wiccan. I, I don't, I don't know about being like, born protected. If you know that that's a thing, why are you letting your daughter and her children not be born protected? You were there when your daughter Maybe was it born. Maybe a generation or two. It had to skip two because the grandbabies <laughs> right, are... they don't have it either. Oh, no. Latoya said she felt lightheaded and weak whenever the demon took over her body. Her body shook and she felt she had no control over her body. So the seven-year-old boy sat in the closet talking to a boy that no one else could see one day. The boy was describing what it felt like to be killed. Oh, God. Another day, the seven-year-old flew out of the bathroom as if he'd been thrown. At another time, the nine-year-old son got hit with a headboard and required stitches. Wow. Uh, the 12-year-old daughter, I don't think they say the names, you know, because they're kids. Yeah. So we never know the names. It, we just go by age. Thing one and thing two. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the 12-year-old daughter would tell mental health professionals she felt as if she was being choked and held down, so she couldn't speak or move. She said she often heard a voice in her head telling her she would never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. Oh which is pretty God. specific. It is. And once you live past the first 20 minutes, I'd probably stop believing it a little bit. Well, you never know. I right. mean, if I somebody's guess you don't telling me it. shit and I can't move, I'm going to believe it every fucking time. Like, <laughs> maybe this safe. is the time. Yeah. So some nights were so bad they slept in a hotel. So in desperation, they called their family physician, Jeff, Dr. Jeffrey Okinawa. Okay. Can we back that up for a second? If you have money to spend multiple nights in a hotel but I'm room it's like a motel six type of situation but that's still i mean that's 40 50 bucks right. a night if you could do that multiple nights a month you probably have enough to like put a down payment or that's not true. a down payment but a you know a, a deposit yeah on, you're not living in seattle or, or yeah. san diego or new york true does your renter's insurance cover that? <laughs> <laughs> Ghostly hauntings? Yeah. I don't know. They should. So they called their, their doctor. So Latoya tol- told them what was go- going on. Let me, I got excited for a minute there. Sorry. <laughs> Latoya, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Calm down your excitement. Oof. Latoya told him what was going on in the house, hoping he would understand. The doctor told the local newspaper it was bizarre and he'd never heard anything like that in his life. 
and it actually scared him being in the room with her. Was he breaking doctor-patient confidentiality when he was being interviewed by a newspaper talking about what they said to him? I'm guessing they probably got permission from her to try to back it up, maybe. Yeah. In his medical notes, he had written, delusions of a ghost in home and hallucinations. Sounds pretty medical. So what happened next was in a very detailed Department of Child Services report, along with interviews from medical staff. The seven-year-old son started cursing out the doctor in demonic voices. All of a sudden, the boy was lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. The boy then abruptly passed out. Wait, there were other witnesses, though, than just the mom and grandma? Yes. Damn. So, but we'll get there. Okay. The police were called by the doctor, and the children were taken to the hospital and interviewed by DCS, which is Department of Child Services. Mm -hmm. The person who called DCS probably the doctor who didn't believe it. Right. Thought Latoya was making her children act that way and encouraging their behavior. So he thought like the kid threw himself into the wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of your procedures as a, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but you know, you have to alert child protective services when you feel like there might be a danger. Right. So doesn't mean it has to be from the parent, right? But also, I mean, think about all those times when we talk about like when we did um DD Oh um from a gypsy, gypsy rose. rose. Yeah. When we were talking about why didn't the doctor alert someone, like it seems like he's pr- doing what he needs to do. Like, I mean, first instinct. Right. I she want might other be people crazy. Here. Yeah. What if she tries to do an exorcism at home and kills this child? Right. Like, like I totally yeah. get that from because he's a scientist. I mean, basically, uh-huh. a doctor is a scientist. He's using science, not spiritual. So the boys were taken to Methodist Hospital in Gary. The nine-year-old acted normal when he woke up. The seven-year-old screamed and thrashed, and it took five men to hold him down. Fuck. A seven-year-old. So, Well, my eight-year-old would probably take five that's men. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Your eight-year-old could probably take out five men, no problem. Yeah. That's a good point. He's a badass. <laughs> the DCS case manager, Valerie Washington, gave the following report to the police. Hospital personnel found LaToya to be of sound mind. LaToya and her children had no marks or bruises and appeared healthy. When she spoke to the seven-year-old boy, he growled, showing his teeth and his eyes rolled to the back of his head. Oh, no. The boy then locked his hands around the nine-year-old boy's throat and refused to let go, and they had to pry his hands off him. Oh, my God. Later in the evening, they brought the two boys in for another interview. The seven-year-old once again started to growl and said, It's time to die. I will kill you. Well, boys will be boys. <laughs> boys will be boys. <laughs> While the seven-year-old was busy demoning out on the nine-year-old boy. Demoning out. It's now a verb. It's a new verb. <laughs> demoning out, the nine-year-old boy started headbutting Rosa in the stomach. She grabbed his hands and started praying. The nine-year-old got a shit-eating grin on his face, flipped over his grandmother landing on his feet, walked up the wall backwards, flipped what? over, and then stood there. This was witnessed by nurse Willie Lee Walker and the DCS case manager, Valerie Washington. Holy balls. As soon as Valerie saw that, she ran out of the room, as did nurse Walker. They told the doctor what had happened, and the doctor asked the boy to do it again. (laughs) The boy said he didn't remember what happened and couldn't do it. Valerie later told the police she believed there was some kind of evil influence around the family. 
Yeah, that would do it for me too. Walking when you moonwalk up a wall and then do a flip. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty freaking weird. So the next day, DCS took custody of all the children due to spiritual and emotional distress. The hospital chaplain called Reverend Michael Magnot told them they needed to perform an exorcism on a nine-year-old boy. Oh, I'm sorry. The hospital chaplain called this reverend and told them he needed to perform an exorcism. So he visited Rosa and Latoya at home, and they explained everything that's been going on. So during the conversation, their bathroom light kept flickering. When the reverend went up to check it, it would stop. The reverend said it was because of a demon presence. They fuck with the lights now? (laughs) Like, okay, man. He also noticed the wet footprints throughout the house. Does that mean that maybe demons just have really sweaty feet? Yeah. Are we not testing these? Like, And this is modern times. Like, yeah. This isn't in the 60s and 70s and shit. No, this is 10 years ago. Yeah. Less than. Less than. Anyway, sweaty feet, demons. Yeah. Latoya complained of, complained of a headache, but that is because the reverend put a crucifix to her head and she convulsed. The reverend told them to leave the house, so they went and stayed with a relative. Less than two weeks went by before the two women were back at the house. The DCS asked the police to visit the house and do another interview with LaToya and Rosa and check out the condition of the house. Two officers, and one being the the chief of police, Charles Austin, went out. Mostly out of curiosity, because they kind of all heard about this case by now. Yeah. Um, LaToya refused to go in with the police, so Rosa escorted the police around the house. During the interview, Officer Austin's audio recorder malfunctioned. His flashlight began to flash, even though he had just put in new batteries this morning. They had taken pictures, and after enlarging them, they saw a silhouette of a face and an evil face. Oh, my God. You, I would be staying in a homeless shelter versus this fucking thing. I would sleep on the sidewalk, in the driveway, in my car. The radio in his police car started malfunctioning, and his car seat kept moving back and forth. When he took it to the mechanic, the mechanic said it was impossible because the motor in the seat wasn't working. Oh, no. So the children had apparently missed a lot of school due to their possession. Well, you can't send a possessed kid no, to you school. Can't. That's irresponsible. It is, it's, just, it's not right. <laughs> and the DCS noticed, though, in 2009, before they moved into the house, they had missed a lot, too. So they sent the 9-year-old and the 12-year-old to school, and the 7-year-old, who is now 8, was put in a, a, a psychiatric hospital. When we were, I forget what case we were covering. It might have been Amityville or something. We, we were talking about the age that you're more susceptible to. Right, which is like 8, 9, okay, 10. So this younger kid was, I mean, they're both kind of in the range, though. Right. Like 7 Except for the to 12. 12-year-old, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, not 12-year-old. Well... She didn't seem to experience as much as the boys did. She didn't Mm. have all the episodes. She wasn't put in the psychiatric hospital. She got to go back to school. The doctor believed the boy was delusional due to the mother's coaching and negative influences. In order for Latoya to get the kids back, they were not allowed to bring up demons or possession, and they all needed to go to therapy. Meanwhile, the police, the DCS case manager, the reverend, and a police dog went back to the house to look for clues together. The case manager found some weird liquid dripping in the basement. Once again, I guess they didn't take it in because they don't know what it was. The reverend checked for pentagrams in the basement or a portal to hell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One of the police officers dug a hole under the stairs because that was the only place that was dirt and not cement. 
mm. and found a Lee press-on nail, some panties, some socks, and candy wrappers, but no bodies. They were thinking that maybe um, someone had buried someone down there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that seems a little bit weird because they're investigating, like, I don't know how to say this. They're investigating to see if the children are being harmed or are doing it under their mother's control. Finding a body under the stairs, that seems like you're trying to prove the possession. Well, apparently this uh, police chief believed in this to to begin with, which is why he was the one that went to the first initial interview because he was curious because he believed in this stuff. Yeah. And the police chief said he'd been shot at, investigated countless rapes and murders, but he refused to be in the house after dark. Yeah. The reverend decided to ask the bishop to perform an exorcism. First time in 21 years that request was ever made in Gary, Indiana. The DCS case manager said after leaving the house, within a month she had broken three ribs, her wrist, her ankle, and got a third degree burn in different instances. And she believes it was because of the house. Damn. So this is where things confuse me, is what I wrote. I don't know what that means right now. (laughs) Rosa and LaToya looked up names of the demons they thought were possessing them because the reverend said a name helps a lot to get rid of the demons. They believe Beelzebub, a.k.a. Lord of the Flies, was the main demon and also found high-ranking demons, including lieutenants and sergeants. I didn't know they used military rankings in the demon world. I did not know that. I don't even know if that's really a thing. Huh. The Reverend performed three exorcisms, two in English and one in Latin, on Latoya. The officers who believe her were also there just in case shit got crazy. She convulsed a few times and then, well, she never saw the Reverend again, and they never performed any exorcisms on the children, which makes no sense to me. But six months later, LaToya got her kids back. You'd think, for me personally, I would, if I believed that that was happening, I would prefer that they do the exorcisms on my kids and then after, you know, do something to me or lock me up. Right. Or what, like, you want to make sure your kids are, are... I just thought it was weird. Why would you only do it on one person? Yeah. And why would you only do it on the adult? Right. I mean, the kids, that to me I is like... I thought that was odd. Yeah. I so agree. No one, including the owner of the demon house, ever saw or heard anything in the house. Not the people that lived there before LaToya, nor the people that moved in after. But the chief of police, the nurse that saw the kid walk on the ceiling, and the DCS caseworker all agree something was up with that house. Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures bought the house in 2014. <laughs> My person. He released a documentary called Demon House in 2018. I've heard of that. Which I recommend. It's on Amazon for free it. right now. I'm not watching that. So I've watched half of it, but then um, my husband made us go to bed. Well, it was because my kidlet was watching it with me. Um, <laughs> he actually bulldozed the house in 2016, but I recommend it because it's the Latoya and the family aren't involved. He goes there to get them involved. And they refused to even come out of their apartment and talk to him. But they say it was because they had a movie deal going in the process. Oh. And. Well, I was just, before you said that, I was going to say, I think that would lead me to believe that they really did think this whole thing was real because they don't want the publicity. Right. But you saying that they have a 
a movie deal in the works. Right. They didn't want to conflict it. And I think the movie people wanted to use the house. And then Zach was like, no, F you. I own this house now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you think he bulldozed it out of spite? Like, he, No. I think something really bad happened in there. Like I said, I didn't get to finish it, which I probably should have before I did this, to be honest. <laughs> um, but the brother or cousin, one of, one of this guy talked to him and was explaining like what had happened or maybe they also had a guy um that was squatting there oh and at first he said do you have anything and they were like no we have nothing to say blah 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 and then all of a sudden he came back and was like oh my god all this weird shit happened so don't know if that's true or not but you should watch it like it's not latoya's tale per se so does latoya and her family have they had any more no nothing problems nothing well um I forgot which episode we were talking about. It could have been Amityville um, again, but we were talking about how sometimes people are possessed and not um, the structure. Right. So, you know, right. sometimes, you people, yeah, sometimes people move into a house and it, it, whatever this entity is, attaches themselves to them. And then when they move out, the next person that moves in is totally fine. I wouldn't want to take my chances with that, but <laughs> I would watch Demon House since it's free on Amazon, and just see if uh, what you think about it. I like that it, it's Zach's things. I don't know what happened to him in there. I guess I should, like I said, I should have finished it. What can I say? I forgot until now. I started watching it. Wow, but it seemed pretty interesting. Like he bulldozed it so no one else would ever live there again. So shit must have gone down. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's strange to me that they had witnesses. Yeah. And it's so recent history. I mean, yes. less than 10 years that this happened. You know, it's really hard to... We're so skeptical as a culture right now oh, yeah. for any Especially of that now. stuff. That I feel like... I mean, she does some sketchy things, LaToya. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say there's some instances that like... I get where they're coming from. Like, they missed school even before this. But yet, when you have the DCS manager, a police officer... Yeah. And they're all... Their I mean, whole... I mean, you can be crazy as an adult, and it's not illegal. No. You can be nutso. But when you involve your kids in it, you know, it takes someone who's trained to look and observe at a family dynamic and say, hey, these kids are in danger, or they're not... I mean, that takes someone who has done schooling, who has been trained. It would have been easier for them to say, she's fucking nuts. She's yeah, lock schizo. her up, put the kids in Boom. foster, and then... And they said that she wasn't like that. They yeah. said she was totally of sound mind, and more than one psychiatrist and sh- checked her out, and police officer. Well, I was going to say, if you say that she's... And you there know, were no these things are happening, you, you could lose your whole career. Yeah. I mean, if you stood up to say that. So Absolutely. you must be convicted to say that, but that's wild. Yeah. This story that I'm going to say is absolutely horrible. Like there is no getting around it. And it's disturbing. Yes, it is particularly <clears throat> gruesome. So I just want to say that I will not be offended if anyone doesn't listen to this part of our episode because it does get pretty bad um pretty graphic and i'll i'll do my best to warn for everyone to skip ahead when i get into the semantics of the crime but um with that i will get right into it so i'm gonna give you a little bit of a backstory first gertrude banizwiski 
She was born in 1929. She was a daddy's girl and didn't get along with her mother. And her father died when she was 11 years old. And because she didn't get on with her mother so well, she couldn't wait to get out of the house. So when she meets John, so her maiden name is not Benazowski, but uh, she met John (coughs) Benazowski at the age of 16. She drops out of school and she marries him. He was 18 at the time. Uh, Turns out John wasn't her Prince Charming. What? Uh, He beat her for very minor reasons, like uh, she annoyed him. I mean, he was just an angry asshole. Okay. Um, They had four children. They were married for 10 years before they divorced, which is good because, you know, usually it's they're in it for life because they're asshole kills them so Oof. um but perhaps maybe that would have been a good yeah thing. maybe so um but we'll get into it so gertrude had custody of the children the four children and just under a year after their divorce she married a man named edward Guthrie or Guthrie. um he was not a great person either um they married and then he really didn't like having her children be around all the time oh as they are i mean she has full custody of these children you'd think you'd know that before you got married that her children would be right. around it's kind of a thing um so they divorced after only 3 months apparently he could only take the children Shit. for 3 months yeah man a short time later she remarries her first husband john what yeah and she uh stays with him for seven years and they had two more children during that time after their second divorce gertrude moved in with a guy called dennis lee wright he was 23 at the time gertrude was 36 and had six kids so he wow i mean that's quite the undertaking yes especially at 23 yeah Uh, However, he was a piece of shit garbage as well, and he abused her. So she apparently believes that she deserves nothing more um, due to every person that she's with abuses her. I guess she just thinks that's normal. Um, Anyway, they ended up having a child together, a boy. Uh, I read on Murderpedia that she had lost a baby. Um, She was pregnant by him twice, and she lost the baby due to her husband's abuse. (sighs) But I only found that on Murderpedia, so I'm not sure, you know, what the proof is for that. But anyway, he was a bad dude. After their son, Dennis Jr., was born, Dennis the dad bailed. He was like, I don't, I don't really want this. So Gertrude, now in her late 30s, with seven children and no job, getting very little help from her first husband, who was paying child support, but it was very sporadic. Um... She did odd jobs for money. She was barely getting by. And she also didn't take care of herself at all. So she looked super gaunt. She was she weighed about 100 pounds. Oof. She was 5'6". Oh, wow. Yeah. And she just, she didn't take care of it. She just chain smoked. Apparently she did some drugs. So she was just, she oh. looked worse for the wear. Things got even more desperate when her 17-year-old daughter got knocked up by a married man who wouldn't acknowledge the baby. So this is in the early 60s. 
so there was no paternity, right? Like there's right. so they he say it's not theirs. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so I tell you a little bit about her background, so that you'll have that in your mind for what comes next. It gets real fucking bad. So the summer of 1965, June of that year, the Lichen family was having some hard times of their own. Lester Lichen and Elizabeth Lichen, they were married. It was real rocky. They didn't have much money. They had five children. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the parents, they were parents to five children. They were traveling with the carnival and selling soda and candy. They had a set of twins, Daniel and Diana. Then there was Sylvia, who came two years later. And then they had a second set of twins, Benny and Jenny. And in 1965, the oldest twins were out of the house because they were 18 or so, and the rest were still living with their parents. Due to the parents traveling with the carnival, they didn't think it was safe for the girls to travel with them, and they also didn't want them to miss out on their education. So they brought their son, Benny, with them uh, to travel. They didn't care about his education. Yeah. Benny was already a dumbass. They're like, fuck it. Exactly. So Sylvia and Jenny, they're putting all their stock in Sylvia and Jenny. They're like, you have to get an education. So they often stayed with relatives or family friends during the school year, so they didn't have to miss school. And Sylvia being older, she took care of Jenny, because Jenny also had polio as a kid, and she had to walk with braces on her legs, and she had a limp. So Sylvia looked out for her you know, not just because she's her younger sister, but because she also had a disability. The girls became friends with Paula and her sister Stephanie from school. Paula was the daughter of Gertrude, and Sylvia and Jenny would go to their house and listen to records and drink soda. And Sylvia really liked the Beatles that we just talked about the last Beatles. episode. Mm -hmm. So July 3rd, 1965, Sylvia and Jenny were doing the very thing when their dad came to get them and said their mother, Elizabeth, who went by Betty, was arrested for shoplifting. So with his wife in jail, Lester still needed to bring in the money for his family, and this meant traveling. So per usual, he was going to take Benny, and he was going to make arrangements for Sylvia and Jenny to stay somewhere else. Well, Sylvia and Jenny had their friends, Paula and Stephanie. So Gertrude offered... Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Gertrude huh. offered to take in the girls because she needed money and Lester was going to pay $20 a week to have the girls stay there. And the girls were old enough to help uh, Gertrude take care of her younger kids because she has kids that range all the way down to one-year-old at this time. So the more older girls the better and so the arrangement was made and the girls would stay there and lester would come back for the girls in november so this is where the story goes sideways and it's extremely gruesome so buckle up if you want to continue on with this part you've come this far <laughs> the first few weeks are going well right lester sends twenty dollars as promised but then his payments start to get a little late and they're not not coming they're just a little late like perhaps the snail mail is snail mail no matter what time it yeah perhaps the was. mail was you know held up or whatever but gertrude wasn't getting the payments on the arranged dates so she decided that this was such a grievance oh. uh she had to take it out on sylvia and jenny physically abusing them and at first it was just spanking on the bare butt with different weapons um and i say just very lightly because right. more will be to come, but it 
that was abuse in and of itself. Um, Gertrude's daughter, Paula, apparently enjoyed seeing them get abused, and maybe because she's a psycho, or maybe because the other girls were getting the bad part of their mom, so their mom being, you know, coming she's straight like, she's off She's not of, hitting me. Yeah, or oh. just coming straight off abusing someone. Maybe she was just nicer demeanor. Like, oh. maybe it's like, Ugh. you know. That's gross. It is. So, anyway... At one point, Paula told... I'm not going to do dirty looks about it. I know. I didn't uh, do it. <laughs> sorry. Um, so at one point, Paula told her mother that the girls had eaten too much food during a church potluck. Probably like the best food they had. So it was like yeah. good food. Probably getting... So all the kids went there, food there. And Paula came home and said they ate too much. So Gertrude beat Sylvia and Jenny with a wooden paddle for being gluttonous. <sighs> you know. Uh... Then about a month in, Gertrude started to beat Sylvia exclusively. She kind of forgot about Jenny. Um, I think it's because... She probably wasn't a lot of fun because she already had the the braces. Oh, right. It probably isn't as much fun hitting yeah. somebody that's already down, I guess you'd say, because she was Could disabled be. in the 60s. Could be. I'm not saying it's fucking right. No. But also, I think... Um, psychologically speaking, and I didn't read this anywhere, so it's totally just me speculating. But it seems like Sylvia was a really good and protective sister that maybe she encouraged Gertrude to forget about Jenny and just focus on herself so that, you know, her sister wouldn't be taking abuse. So uh, Gertrude is, she's just a sick fuck. And the worst thing about it was that the biggest reason that she was beating and torturing Sylvia was due to the fact that she was pretty and she had her whole life ahead of her and Gertrude being in her late 30s with seven kids and no husband and no job and her life was shit. She okay, just... you're 37. Yes. I'm 44. I've never looked at like one of my friend's children or just children at age I see, you know, teenagers, and go, God, I'm so jealous. I just want to beat the fuck out of them. Or right? I want to hurt them. Like, no. It's not like that. I'm more like, oh, man, youth is wasted on the young, man. No Let me shit. tell you. Yeah. Um, also, uh, not taking anything away from Sylvia, but she, um, she was missing a front tooth. Because when oh. she was seven, she had a collision with her brother. Like, they were just running around or whatever. Being kids. And it knocked her front tooth out. And she didn't ever get it replaced or anything. So of she was really self-conscious about that. Aww. So she would, like, hold her hand up to her face when she smiled. Like, that sort of thing. So it's not as if she walked around thinking she was hot shit. Right. You know, I get it's that. not like she was asking, like... You know, to be brought down a peg because she thought right. she was so fucking. I hot. thought I was the most popular, greatest exactly. girl ever. She was very um, humble. So the torture and humiliation just got worse. And Paula was overweight and pregnant, so she got in on the torture too. Uh, the mother and daughter were so fucking awful to Sylvia, making fun of her verbally. Uh, Paula would not let her sit on a chair because she said she didn't deserve it. So, like, while they were eating dinner, she'd be like, you have to sit on the floor because that's what you deserve. And fucking bless Sylvia's heart. Like, how could you not, as a teenage girl, be like, fuck you. I'm I sitting would, on a chair. Oh, I would just be you like, know? fuck like, you. I'm running away. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Living on the streets has got to be better than this. And she's just so sweet and naive. Well, but then she like, would have to leave Jenny. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. So, they started to refuse her adequate food. And at one point... Mm-hmm. 
They asked Sylvia if she'd ever done anything with a boy. And Sylvia, being sweet, innocent, 16-year-old, said yes, she had done things with boys because she meant it was doing things together, like going to the movies or going roller skating or whatever. And then Gertrude was like, well, you're probably pregnant because you laid in a bed with a boy. So Gertrude kicked Sylvia in the vagina, like really hard. Okay, but now her daughter Paula's pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. So how come Mm -hmm. she's not a slut and a horrible person because she obviously laid in bed with a boy. She did. Yeah. That, so that was cool. It was just Sylvia that because she went skating with one. Well, to take it a little bit deeper psychologically, perhaps she wouldn't beat her own children. And she was taking out her frustrations with her pregnant daughter mm. on this girl who's not her kid. Ugh. Okay. It's it's gross. And the logic is so unsound. There is no logic. But it, yeah. There is no logic. It's, yeah. So soon Gertrude and Paula were not satisfied with only themselves getting in on the abuse. They wanted to share. So they brought in some neighborhood boys. Uh, One of the boys made Sylvia eat a hot dog that had way too much ketchup and mustard on it. Like, and I don't know if you've eaten a a lot of mustard. I personally... Oh no, you're right. Too much mustard will make you choke. Yeah, I hate ketchup. So like if I had to eat too much ketchup, I'd probably vomit, but... Mustard, I think, is mustard. If you inhale, if you smell smell mustard, like you inhale it, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It can make you choke. I mean, mustard gas. Well, there was a whole thing when I was, and I'm gonna mess it up, but when I first had my kids, I remember watching something about um, induced vomiting, like with Epicac. Mm -hmm. If somebody, if they ingest a certain poison, to like, and mustard mixed with mayonnaise can sometimes produce that same effect if you don't have epic i just remember oh, really i believe like that if there's um if somebody ingests a poison a lot of poisons you don't want to induce vomiting because it will do It'll harm on throat. the way up right but some things um like if it's pills and they haven't had a chance to Dissolve. absorb or, yeah then they encourage vomiting and so i do remember reading about uh, huh, that's like heavy mustard and mayonnaise. I mean, that just sounds puke. gross anyway. Oh, it's so gross. An abundance of anything is kind of gross. So condiments, and a little goes a long way, you know? Yeah. Uh, so she ate this hot dog, and then she threw it up. And they made Ugh. her eat that throw up. That's fucking gross. And who wants to watch that, okay? N- no one. Like, who thinks that's fucking cool? How that's do you fucking not, gross. How do you not vomit at the same time? Right, exactly. Like, I would uh-uh. vomit watching someone eat their vomit. And plus, I could never stand I'm there gonna, and watch that. Yeah, I'm going to vomit just I'm not a terrible it. person. We have to move on. We do. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> too much time on the vomit. I'm sorry. Make me fucking... So, and vomiting alive next. <laughs> right. Uh, so she was still going to school. Sylvia and Jenny were still going to school at this time. And uh, Paula and Gertrude were really careful and calculated, thinking, you know, that they're, they don't want to leave marks so that the teachers would do anything. So Sylvia was at school, and she felt her course of action against these girls was to spread a rumor that Paula and Stephanie had sex for money. And... This rumor made its way back to the girls, and they found out that Sylvia had started it because a boy propositioned Paula and basically was like, can I, you know, I've got money, can I have sex? I've got milk money. Yeah. Um, So Stephanie's boyfriend found out about this, 
and kicked the shit out of Sylvia. She ba- he banged her head against a wall and punched her. And then once Gertrude found out about the rumor as well, she decided that she needed to beat her as well because uh, the first beating wasn't enough. Yeah, because it's whatever. I'm just mad. So one beating, Gertrude actually broke her own hand, punching Sylvia in the face. So she had to get a cast on her wrist. And as you can assume, it was all Sylvia's fault. Yeah, with Gertrude being a bitch, she used the cast to hit Sylvia as well. I can't even imagine. I've rubbed up against a cast once when my son had, my middle son had broken his foot and I was laying down on the couch with him and I went to get up and I scraped my arm on his cast and it's like fucking cement. Like, it it hurts. I mean, just touching my skin to it, it, you know, like a rug burn type of thing. I can't imagine being well, hit it's, with it. You know, it's, it's molded to protect your arm. Yeah. Oh, what a bitch. She is a bitch. I mean, like, how hard so did you hardcore. have to hit that kid to break your fucking hand? She's just a tiny little creature. She's not like this big 300-pound man. Well, and you'd I think... I mean, God. Also, I mean, I think it's because uh, Gertrude was so fucking weak like just her own bones couldn't handle her own like, right yeah yeah i get what you're so, saying she was pretty frail anyway yeah, a normal person she was 100 pounds who hit said. someone and broke their hand i get that yeah still you fucking psycho still, bitch fuck you she's fucking 16 years old like call her dad and say get her i don't want her yeah get her or out just throw her out say go live with someone else i mean my god you enjoyed this she did she is sadistic because it definitely, it gets worse. And Sylvia's younger sister, Jenny, was helpless to stop the abuse. Mm. Um, Poor little thing. I know. And when Gertrude was feeling particularly cruel, she would force Jenny to hit her sister. And if she didn't hit her sister, then Gertrude would beat Jenny. So I think, again, I didn't read any of this, but I would imagine Sylvia was just telling her sister, like, just hit me so you don't get right. hit. Like, I'm already getting like, hit. Either way, I'm going to get hit. Yeah. So it might as well be by you. I, I don't hate you for it. Well, it might as well be you. Poor and thing. then you can save yourself from getting hit. And she's younger and she's in a vulnerable position. Her mom's in jail. Her dad's gone. So, like, who does she have but Sylvia? I understand that the previous mentioned abuse is very cruel and hard to hear. But the next bit is extremely humili- humiliating and vulgar. So it just ups it a bit so and if uh, you have a soul yeah it's gonna fuck you up man probably a minute or two you can fast forward and i'll be done with it but all right here we go so gertrude was really hung up on sylvia's sexuality and if she had been with boys and would often call her a prostitute and call her unclean and on one such occasion she had the neighborhood boys over as well as her older children and Jenny, watch as she made Sylvia stand naked inside the living room of her house and insert an empty Coke bottle into her vagina. Which were glass in the 60s. They weren't. Yes. Not that it matters, but glass versus plastic. I was going to say, anything when you're naked in front of right. people, inserting something. Absolutely. Not, if you're not a like a cam girl, <laughs> that's 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 you're not getting paid for it. Yeah, that's fucking extremely 
vulgar abuse. Absolutely. Especially in the 60s when we weren't so open. Not saying it's okay to do now by any means, but I'm saying even then, I mean, well, you know, especially then. You can do it to yourself if that's what you decide, sexually speaking, that's what you want to do is stand in front of people and insert things into your vagina. <laughs> whatever but like making someone do that is just asinine you know, it's like if you want to do it it is what it is right it's beyond comprehension to me that like you want to make a 16 year old girl do that and you want your fucking children to watch right? you what does that say about do that? that it's oh my god so fucking gross poor baby girl so the girls were fearful of telling anyone about the abuse they were suffering Obviously, Gertrude had threatened them that if they told anyone, they wouldn't believe them and that they would be punished severely. Where did they find all these sick fucking kids to watch this? I mean, not one of them was like, you know what? I'm going to tell somebody, like, this isn't right. Where did you find all these psychopaths? Did you put an ad in the paper? You know, I think it seems (sighs) like their kids were a lot like Gertrude. And they probably attract. I mean, she has they seven just lived of these in this kids. White trash neighborhood, and it was just no. This. I mean, I think it's just they—they they were little assholes, and they attracted little asshole friends. And mm. in the '60s, you could go to your friend's house, and nobody was asking what you were doing. It True. was like come nobody, home by dinner. Yeah, I get that. So if they didn't want to say something, nobody was saying. But still, how do you? <sighs> Oh, it's awful. I would never watch that and then just like go home and be like, so what's for supper? I mean. Mm -mm. No, I think they were, I think this family kind of attracted the unstable children who possibly were getting beat at home. I mean, we don't really know. Still. Um, Sick assholes. So one day Sylvia and the 11-year-old of Gertrude's Marie ran into Diana, which is Sylvia and Jenny's older sister at the park. Just randomly, they ran into her. Diana asked how they were doing and how school, etc. Sylvia told her that she was hungry. I mean, she wasn't telling Diana anything because they were under threat. Oh, yeah, she had a witness. Yeah, so Sylvia just said, well, I'm hungry. And Diana bought her a sandwich to eat and was like, oh, you know, eat the sandwich. So Marie went home and tattled to her fucking uh, mom. This is an 11-year-old. I have an 11-year-old. I can't imagine what circumstances he would enjoy other than his brother. Well, you know, he, <laughs> let me rephrase because he enjoys watching his brothers get in trouble. But neither myself nor my husband abuse our children. No. So it's not like they're going to get a punishment of like, Okay, well, you no have to computer. Go, yeah, or you have to go do a chore. Right. You know, like, okay, well. Pick up dog poop, but you're not. Exactly. Uh, it, so they might enjoy, like, ha, I got you in trouble, but there's no. No. Abuse. You don't have psychopath like, children, no. Thinking of my 11 year old running home to try and get someone in trouble Ugh. so that they could have a fucking Coke bottle inserted into themselves. Ugh. Like, it's disgusting. It's, it's so. Just, there's not words. There is not. So Gertrude beat her again for being gluttonous. Like, how dare you eat something? That's insane. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. You asshole. How dare you have real food? What? Mm. Well, I'll say this later. (laughs) Okay. So the next time Sylvia and Jenny ran into their sister, same park, 
um, several weeks later, they told her about the physical abuse. They didn't go into serious in-depth, but they were saying that it wasn't a good home for them to be in. And uh, Diana thought they were exaggerating. So I... it. Again, we have to remember that She's Diana very was young. 18. She's very young. So if you look at it from a perspective of Diana being 18, she doesn't want to take in the kids. Right. She's raising her own kids. If she's thinking, they're just trying to tell me something. So- Diana smells like a bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, well, and they didn't I have get it. The marks. They didn't go into... I get it. They didn't go into details. I get it. It's, Just because I know, it's like you said, playing yeah. it's Monday, shit Monday all around. quarterback. Yeah, it's shit all around. And I, Diana, I mean, I've, I read um, interviews with her after the fact, and she is, she has crippling guilt about it. But okay, she's a baby her She is. Like, and, and I do, I can it's see. It's the 60s. Women are still thought of as shit. So. But I can kind of also see where Diana might be able to, in her own mind at 18, say, they don't want to be where they are. They want to be with our parents. But they're teenagers. They're Everybody's yeah. pissing them off. Everyone's... Well, and they uh, left. You know, Diana and her brother, they left at that age. And they're looking at Sylvia. She's 16. She's very close to the age of moving out. So yeah. you'd think, just like how everyone would think, you run away. Like when that's happening to you, you run away. But right. like you said, Jenny's there. She doesn't there want to leave Jenny because then Jenny's going to get the fucking brunt of it. Exactly. And they Aww. have nowhere to go. You know? So I don't have any little brothers or sisters. I can try to understand, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I understand wanting to protect. Well, what would you do for your little kid life? You know, you'd suffer Anything, some. But it's different. I'm older too. Well, but I think. Like I know my sister would take the brunt of it for me. It's a lot easier For to sure. be the person who... My sister would be Sylvia to my Jenny, because my sister yeah. is very motherly. She's always been like a second mom to me. But it's We have also, a 12-year age difference, too, but I feel like she would be the Sylvia to my Jenny. Yeah. It's easier... My brother, um, eh, probably I not. had this experience a little bit um, when I was in the hospital after a car accident, and watching my brother and watching my husband um, be so helpless, it was easier for me. I was in pain, but I was on drugs, you know. So listening to their stories about how they felt when I was in the hospital, the terror, the upsetness, to me, I don't feel any of it. So sometimes it's easier to kind of be the one who takes it because you know that your other people aren't feeling it, if that makes sense. It's Nothing of this story makes sense. No, 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 it doesn't. The whole thing's fucking gross. I I hate it every time. It's (laughs) Every time. Not that I've heard it more than (laughs) twice, but I know. I know how it ends, people. Yes. And it's gross. I think everyone can kind of assume where it ends, but... There has so, to be hell just for these people. So after they ran into, or Sylvia ran into her sister, Gertrude and Paula gave Sylvia a scalding hot bath to cleanse her of her sins. Ooh, scalding hot doesn't you know, sound good. Yeah, being gluttonous because she ate a sandwich. Oh, like, that bitch. There's such I hate evil people. Like, they're just fucking 
evil. They are. So she passed out due to the water being so hot, right? Oh. It's scalding hot. Jesus Christ. She passed out. So Gertrude's solution oh. was to grab her by the hair and beat her head on the side of the tub to wake her up. After this scalding this hot bath. I hate this story. It's awful. It's fucking disgusting. And it doesn't get any better. No, it doesn't. This is still actually... Ugh. So after the scalding hot bath, Words. <laughs> which resulted in burns to Sylvia, a neighborhood boy by the name of Michael John Monroe called the school that they attended, Arsenal Technical High School. To it was called Arsenal? Yeah. Arsenal okay. Technical High School. <laughs> he called to name. report that there's a girl with open sores near him. Like he, he was very concerned. Uh, he did this uh, anonymously. It wasn't until the trial when he was brought out oh. to say something. So he tried. Yeah, there were good people in that neighborhood, but there were a fucking shit ton more awful people. <sighs> so, yeah, he said she's got open sores all over. She doesn't look good. And she's living at, and he gave the address of Gertrude Ben Benizowski's house. <laughs> that name is just really tripping it you really up, isn't it? Me. <laughs> I'm hoping it's Russian and not Polish. It's Polish. It's I a don't ski. want it to be Polish. It's a ski. But she inherited that. It's not My her. My Polish people wouldn't do that. No, that's her husband. They went through the Holocaust. Her. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's her husband who beat her's last name, not her. Okay. That's not her heritage. So. All of a sudden, he sounds like a champion, right? <laughs> yes. Like, well, fuck. that's why I said earlier, perhaps if he just beat her to death. Yeah, that would have been a thing, which been we don't normally better. say about. Men beating women, but shit. Maybe and he knew something we didn't. Like, maybe yeah. she really was a demon fucking whore bitch. Then we would be covering Gertrude's case in a more sensitive matter. So, oh. maybe we shouldn't. Mm. Anyway. She's a C word. I can't say it because my mom's listening if I say oh. if I say the real word. But I'll probably get there. Yeah. Mom, you should probably turn it off now. <laughs> You'll hate this. You probably Honestly. will. Honestly. <laughs> All right. I will. So your mom hates... She's already throwing up right now. Yeah, my mom. mom's probably already out on this. Okay. Because it, mom, really seriously, you should walk so, away right now. When the school bad. looked at the records, they did see that Sylvia had not been to school in several days after this call. Oh, it's good that they noticed after that. They're good for them. I, it's the 60s. I people know. People miss school Jesus Christ, you're people. People so, are People. Well, like we said, hindsight. You, you wouldn't know. That's anyway. true. All right, all right. So all right. they sent the school nurse to visit the home. And Gertrude said that Which Sylvia... Which would never happen today. Anyway, go ahead. No. Gertrude said that Sylvia had run away. She said she ran away and she didn't know where she was, but she wouldn't be surprised about the open sores because Sylvia was horrible about hygiene and she didn't take care Ugh. of herself. She never cleaned herself. So Ugh. it would... Open sores doesn't seem that surprising. Oh, wait. Um, she Fuck told the bitch. nurse, yeah, she told the nurse Sylvia was entirely out of control, that she just ran away with some boys and that she was a bad influence. Boys, on not a boy, boys. Boys. Ugh. So it's the 60s, so it wasn't uncommon to have teens run away from home. To follow Beethoven. Yes. And a lot of teens who actually went missing under suspicious circumstances were reporting as having run away anyway. Of course. So it's easier. You don't have to look for them or nothing. Exactly. It's And she's 16. If she right. ran away, she's close enough to being an adult that they just right. let she her go. Right. She can take care of herself. Exactly. It's all good. If she disappeared, died, whatever. It's just a woman. So a neighbor who lived directly 
next to Gertrude, they were aware of the abuse. They had come into the house with Sylvia having a black eye. And Gertrude was just joking about how, you know, she beat her because she told everyone. It's so funny. I beat this young girl. Gertrude told... I'm so funny. (laughs) Gertrude told everyone that Sylvia was prostituting herself. And the reason that she had to beat her was because she was prostituting herself. It also comes out that there's a man of the cloth who knew she was being beaten as well. But Gertrude said she had prostituted herself. So Ah. I'm beating it out of her. Oh, it's so. That's okay. That part doesn't shock me at all. That would probably still happen today. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all because all women deserve to be beat. So. We're in October, right? So she came in early July. We're now multiple months in October. But that's not really that big. That's like a four month gap. No, no it's not at all. July, August, September, October. That's four months. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not a big. It's not a long time. Oh, okay. Like, like, it's very you're like, short. Yeah, it's, no, it's well. That's Jesus Christ! It's happened like, in four months, people. Her mom is still in jail for that theft, right? Her dad has left to make money for the family it's not it's not november when he was supposed to pick him up yet yeah and it's not uncommon for this family to leave their kids in the care of other family members and this has happened before this big chunk of time that the girls stay together it's it's such a short period of time to go from i'm friends with paula and stephanie let's move in together yay i get to stay with my friends and then to go the abuse this far that that's the insane just thing in to October. me. Like this went, this escalated so fast. The insane thing to me is Paula and Stephanie, right? Because you, you were friends. Yeah, you were friends, and if your mom, what like there is no reports, even in trial, when all of this stuff comes out, because most of what I'm saying is from trial transcripts, how they learned about the abuse, because Gertrude has never copped to any of it, but. There's never any record of Gertrude abusing any of her kids until this. See, and, and that would make a little bit of sense if you were Paula and Stephanie, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm so hardened now because my mom's done yeah, this to me for better years. better you than me. Right. Yeah. And it just, I need a break. But if that's true, that she never did that to them. There's never. What the fuck, man? There's never any record. So uh, who knows what? But the, all the kids. But when you think they would have said something just to get their cells oh, out yeah. of it, not any Absolutely. other reason, because they had a fucking soul. Absolutely. I'm so angry. I'm <laughs> good. Right, take a breath. So October, Diana, the sister, found out the address of where the sisters were staying because when she had previously met them in the park, the girls had never said where they were staying. And Diana was not in communication with the dad. So Well, they were on Facebook then. <laughs> right. So the dad didn't tell them where they were staying. Which, I mean, hindsight is what it is. But I feel like if I left town and I left some of my children in the care of someone else, if I knew my other daughter was staying in the same town as them, I would have mentioned, this is the address they're at in case you want See, to See, I do. To I think it was weird. And I remember when I heard the story the first time, that was my thing. Like, it was so funny they were in the same town because when you said they ran away, when I assume someone runs away, I assume they leave the city. Like, they want to get away from the city, yeah. right? They want to get away from that state. No, they just... Whatever. But they, they, they ran away... 
No, they didn't run away. They oh. just were of age to move out of the oh, house. I like thought they, they turned. Left. No, they turned eighteen and they just moved out. And their parents moved all over the place, right? So they decided they didn't want the carny life, which is fair. So they just moved out and they lived oh. in the same city. It I guess I just assumed they all ran away. So yeah. I get what you're saying. And there was no malice between like Lester and Elizabeth and the kids. Like the uh, kids true. loved their parents. It was a really Ugh. tumultuous um, upbringing because, you know, they were always chasing right. the dolls. they were always and, hungry and, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but they were good, they were a good family for but all intents and purposes. They weren't making them um, have sex with fucking cocoa balls? No. I mean, maybe I then balls. they would have gotten balls. money and <laughs> they Bottles. wouldn't have had to chase carnies. Um, <laughs> Oof. Anyway, I joke, but I know this is so serious. It just it's how we have to. Our, it our helps me get through it. to start crying and be a yeah. weirdo. So, Diana found the address, but when she knocked on the door, Gertrude said she wasn't allowed to come in, and she shut the door on her, and when Diana was pounding on the door, like, let me see my sisters, she said, uh, your father gave me permission that... Uh, you are not to see the girls and that I could close you out. You're not allowed to see the your sisters. So Diana was like, I mean, she's 18. What is she going to do? I would Break like, into the I'm going to go to the police and say something because I know my father would never say that. Like, they're my yeah. sisters. Why couldn't I see them? But also they were a bit estranged and not in a m- malicious way. It's not like she didn't like her dad. It was that they just, they didn't talk. They didn't send letters. She didn't know where to contact her dad. But still, so she couldn't could call. call. Not a gone or course, I'm sure. Huh, but I mean, whatever. she couldn't call it's her dad. It's I have to remember this. Yeah, that's true. She couldn't it's call her era. dad and say, "Hey, did you say that they didn't have to talk right. to me?" Like she didn't know where he was, and <laughs> right. her mom was in prison, not knowing shit about shit for shoplifting. She must have shoplifted something pretty fucking big to be in prison that long. It's only four months. That's true. <laughs> she could have shot the shit. Like, That's a good point. She could have been right. out in it's six months. Four months. I just yeah. feel like, Jesus. It's a lot of abuse. All right, get to the end so everyone will know why I'm so angry if they're not okay. already as angry as me right now. So the abuse got so bad that Sylvia became incontinent. Mm. And this was due to her not being allowed to use the bathroom regularly when she needed to go for <sighs> so long. She couldn't hold her pee and poop anymore. <sighs> so... And because she regularly wet herself, Gertrude decided she can't live up in the normal level. She tied Sylvia up in the basement. Oh, my God. Often, she was naked. She, they, because Sil- <sighs> Gertrude was like, I'm not washing anything. See, like, that's can't. another thing. I don't get the, the sexual... It's a sexual nature. Nature. No, she's Nature doing- when you leave someone naked. Like... I ugh, think Gertrude humiliation. did it- I agree with the humiliation, but I think Gertrude did it on more of a self... Well, she is very selfish anyway. I mean, if you wash your clothes once a month, who gives a fuck? Or don't wash them, but at least she has clothes on. Right. Like, you gotta... I mean, it's probably cold as fuck, because it's like October, November, right? You have to think, if you have clothes, and you soil those clothes, the stink is way more prominent. So if you ever brought her up... People would notice that shit. No, but I'm saying, even in the basement, like, why can't you give her clothes? Like, if she wants... I mean, she's got to pee through her clothes because you're a fucking animal. You're not even an animal. You're a fucking demon monster. Yeah. So, why not give her clothes? Like, what do you get off on being having her naked, you sick fucking she's bitch? She's just shit. She's just shell around. Ugh. So... I this- hate this story! Okay, well, um, this is going to get even worse right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, in case it wasn't um, right, in case you weren't fucking so disgusted enough by this bitch. Gertrude was letting the neighborhood kids pay her five cents <laughs> oh to see the emaciated body of Sylvia, and if they paid a little extra, she would let them burn her with cigarettes or hot metal. Oh my god! It was a circus sideshow. That was non-consensual. She's just this little just, baby girl. And she's even little. I mean, she's emaciated. Like, she's, she's not. She doesn't have any food. Uh, she got her 12-year-old son Oof. to rub a shit-filled diaper from her one-year-old son all over Sylvia's face and mouth. Oof. And then gave her a half a cup of water and told her this was the rest of, like, this is all the water you get for the whole day. So she couldn't even wash it off her face or clean out her mouth. Gertrude was such a piece of shit. She told Sylvia she could sleep upstairs if she promised not to wet herself, knowing fuck well that she She had lost control of the bladder. So, I mean, she was inevitably going to wet the bed. This happened in four months. That's how bad and major the damage was. It's, yeah. Well, and it's... um, when they go through the psychological um, evaluation, it's not, I don't know what they call a psychological uh, evaluation after the person is deceased. I don't know what that's called, but they went back and they were evaluating everything and they were saying that her incontinence was due to, uh, she had severe kidney problems. Well, she yeah. was holding her stuff all the time, but also the and mental. She yeah, it was the mental issue. So it wasn't even just the fact that she couldn't hold it. It was mental as well. Yeah, she she said, if you promise not to wet the bed, you can sleep upstairs. So she said, fine, I promise. I, I won't, you know. She probably didn't say shit because she was so weak. But she went upstairs. So um, that night, she obviously fucking wet the bed. So Gertrude's... Uh, thing was well you have to insert the soda bottle in front of the children as your punishment which Ugh. is like probably part of the problem that she can't hold right. her shit because she's inserting why. things into her vagina cavity and why do you get off on that it it is Ugh. like visceral so like uh, meh. okay all right so let's finish it by the end of October, Oof. Sylvia was extremely malnourished. And I mean, almost death. death would be better for her right now. Yeah. Which is really sad. It is really sad. So Gertrude Gertrude's, uh, got the great idea that because Sylvia had spread the rumor about her daughters being prostitutes at school, she would be punished even more so than the first time. She said, quote, you have branded my daughters. Now I'm going to brand you. They didn't brand it when she was all pregnant? No. That wasn't she, bad enough. And this came out in court, which is why it was a quote, because it was it was firsthand that she had said it. She got a hot needle and carved the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into her abdomen. <sighs> However, Gertrude had one of the neighbor kids, Richard Hobbs, finish the carving for her because Gertrude had to go to the store. Oh, well, you know. So she does need milk. And she took Jenny with her, probably because Jenny was going to fucking freak out. Um, So she didn't witness, you know, she she didn't want Jenny to witness 
it. She clearly Why? knows wrong. Like she. Why uh, you give a fuck all of a sudden? I don't know. That's uh, that is a good point. Um, so I don't believe that for a second. They told Richard Hobbs and uh, Stephanie to finish out the job. She probably thought her and, sister would rat him out. Oh, it could be. Because she wanted him to finish the job. And yeah. if Jenny was there, she might actually break. Oh, Maybe no, she I'm was sorry. Close. It, was, um, it wasn't Stephanie. It was Richard Hobbs and the 10-year-old daughter, Shirley. So they took Sylvia down to the basement after her mom left and continued the fun by heating up an anchor bolt and branding her upper stomach, Oof. which is right under her boob. Uh, they tried to make an S out of it, but they fucked it up, and the first part was backward, so it looked like a three. So, as if that wasn't bad enough, Gertrude would taunt Sylvia, saying things like, what are you going to do now? No one's going to marry you because what's on your stomach. Which Sylvia would reply like, I guess I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what the fuck are you going to say? Right? So, uh... Then she would also make her, after like it was starting to scab and stuff, she would make her show the neighborhood kids the carving. And she told all the neighborhood kids that she had gotten that at a sex party orgy. Like that's who carved it into her. Sylvia knew she was close to death and she told her sister Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. That was a quote. That is what Jenny said on the stand when she was testifying. Uh, the day after she told her sister that Gertrude made Sylvia write a letter as if she had run away and she made it say, you know, I ran away. I, I didn't want to stay here anymore. And that she ran away with a group of local boys. So Gertrude's plan was to give the letter to her parents and she, she better fucking die at the end of this. You better have a fucking really good ending of this. Well, she's out now. We're going to go find her. Okay, so Gertrude's plan was to give the letter to her parents, to Sylvia's parents. She was going to blindfold Sylvia and have John Jr., her son, and Jenny bring her out to the woods nearby and just leave her to die. Then she was going to tell the police that the boys referenced in her note came and beat her, and they were the ones that tortured and abused her, Mm. and, you know... it must have been because it wasn't her. Right, they ran away with her. Of course it was them. So the plan would not happen. <sighs> On the night of October 25th, Sylvia overheard the scheming and understood that their plan was to leave her to die. She made an escaped attempt, but due to the Aww. fact that she was so fucking she emaciated was and weak, She was... Can hardly move? She's a fucking saint, dude. She's a freaking so, badass. She Gertrude got to her before mm. she went to the door. So she, she tried Gertrude tried to feed her some toast because she was like, Oh, you're just, you know, you're hungry. You want to leave because you're hungry. Like and yeah. she gave her the toast, but she couldn't eat it because she was so fucking right. dehydrated. She couldn't eat anything. <sighs> and this in course like this infuriated Gertrude so she shoved the toast in her face and then beat her with a curtain rod until it was too bent to continue beating oh her God. with it an emancipated woman how f- emancipated how? what did I say <laughs> emancipated oh she should have been emancipated <laughs> yeah. but to 
beat her, which wouldn't have taken much that you had to bend the pole. No. You had beaten her with a feather <laughs> at that point, man. But also, if you think about it, um, mm. Gertrude was also very malnourished and weak. So she couldn't have used her hands at this point. Even as weak as good point. Uh, Sylvia was, I don't think she could have done it. But That's true. So that night, she tried in vain to get someone to the house. Like, Sylvia was like, they're going to kill me. She heard what they were planning to leave her out in the woods, and she was ready to fucking fight. She went full fire, full hilt. So she hit the walls. She screamed as loud as she could. Unfortunately, the neighbor who heard her didn't give a fuck. Didn't report it because it stopped eventually by 3 a.m. Oh, well, you know, as long as it stopped. I mean, it only happened for like six hours. You know, it's all good. I saw the black eyes. She deserved it. She was a prostitute. Duh. So she didn't do anything about it. God, you're going to burn a hell, bitch. Yeah, that's just yet another person who fucking failed Sylvia. Right. So bad. She stopped screaming after 3 a.m. Why do you think that was? I mean, I do, to play a little devil's advocate, I would imagine Sylvia was extremely emaciated. She didn't have a lot of strength to cry. Right. It could have sounded like someone who was doing the Berber method or whatever the fuck you call it for kids, you know, cry it out method. Uh, but no I get what you're saying. I just, like, I disagree. Think I think it I, sounds like a dying animal. I think it's a lot worse than that. If I my think neighbor, it literally sounds like a dying animal because she's using every last strength, and that's probably like you know your adrenaline, yeah, the very last of your life. If breath. my neighbor had someone crying for six hours, I would go knock on their door. There's a thing. Like, right, right. Even, okay, you know, like, someone call it call, something yeah. is going to stop eventually and I get tired. I don't need to call the cops. I don't need to bring an authority. Right. I'm going to knock and be like, hey, are you okay? Or like, because... If they didn't answer, you'd be like... Yeah, then you do a welfare check. Like, something's wrong with right. my neighbor. I think their baby's crying for too long. They're probably dead. Yeah, like, <laughs> something's wrong here. Right. So even babies tire themselves out after a few hours. After a few hours, I did the cry out method with all of my children, and it, if they were crying for longer than ten minutes, I went inside. There you go. And I reassured them, I'm still here. Crying you is very tiring. Go, yeah, you need to go to sleep. I'm just outside. Six your door. hours would be six extreme. hours. I That's mean, insane. by the first hour, you'd be like, okay, something's wrong with my kidlet, my kid. Mm-hmm. Like something's not. Yeah, jive in here. Well, how could you listen to that for so? You can, as a as a mother listening to somebody cry for longer than like a minute without you understanding <laughs> what's wrong with them is an eternity. It's like what what's wrong with you? You need a diaper change. You need food. You need water. what am I doing need, wrong? Yeah, like why won't you be quiet? I get that. So, I mean, I get that as much as I can. Not being a a natural mother, I get that. You're a mom. I think you're a mom. I am, Your kid like cried that long, and you didn't well, know what was going she was on. Ten, so that would be super extreme. The but first five minutes, I'd be like, "Seriously, what's up?" Yeah, yeah, that's true. But so the next day, she was in a super bad way. Obviously, she's at death's door. Uh, she was asked by one of the children. Sylvia was asked by one of the children to say the alphabet, and she couldn't remember what was after D. So she was like A, B, C, D, and she couldn't figure out was what was left. 
Uh, she was super delirious. She was given a donut and a glass of milk by Gertrude, and she couldn't eat it, obviously. She's so well, her far teeth were all kicked in. Her stomach was rejecting. Her throat couldn't swallow what? Well, when, when they find people so emaciated, I mean, this happens all the time. Well, it happened you in uh, Auschwitz in that when yeah, you have the to, soldiers came upon them, they couldn't eat. They weren't allowed to feed them for a certain amount of protein a certain amount of time and they, they didn't had get that to food uh or to to tube feed yeah them. because it's it would be too extreme Which, yeah they would eat until they died yeah because it's so extreme well, but so yeah it'd be the same way when you're so dehydrated your body can't, you can't absorb swallow because you, you have no yeah. liquid you can't swallow you're gonna exactly. choke on it so you have to have liquid yes. food so here, mm-hmm. Gert Gutrid, I did it again. She is I Gutrid. Don't. She's Utrid. Yeah. So she couldn't have. She and then when she had the the glass of milk, she couldn't get the glass to her mouth because she was so fucking weak. Oh. And of course, this pissed Gut Gutrid, Gertrude, off. Fuck Trude. So she threw her to the floor. Like, oh, you can't even lift a glass of milk because I've been torturing you for a few months, you idiot. I'm going to throw you to the ground. Um, mm. All these pieces of garbage, waste of space people who took part in the beatings gathered around her in the basement when she couldn't say the alphabet and everything. And it, she became a spectacle. Everyone was like, oh, they're like taunting her. She was a pinata. And while they were while while they were all around her she was pointing at them and weakly like in a jerking motion because she couldn't control her extremities she was pointing to them in a weird way and she was saying their names almost as if like she was trying to remember them so she could testify in court or something or like remember who was there so that she could say something and she was just rattling off the names who's gonna tell god she she's gonna fucking do something but she then while she she was so delirious right so she's pointing at these people and then she grabs a pear that's next to her like the fruit a pear and it's rotten because somebody had given it to her who knows like whenever she needed to eat and she bit into it and she told her sister jenny i can feel my teeth are loose and Aww. jenny said um you know you lost your front tooth at age seven like that's not recent and she was like, no, all of my teeth are loose. Like, they're all going right. to fall out. So She's been starved after for that, months. After that, Jenny left the basement to go do some gardening or something. Like, this is how callous Jenny, her sister became, not callous, but like removed from the situation. Because it was just normal. She was probably numb, yeah. honestly. Well, it was normal that her sister got uh, beat and then she had to go do whatever. And Jenny would go and garden other people's It's a garden, She just has so to... So she would earn money to like go do stuff. She's probably trying to keep her own mind together. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely self-preservation happening on the, on the most... Uh, you know lowest level with jenny gertrude had john jr go to the garden hose go get the garden hose to hose sylvia down because she had gone to the the bathroom on herself again which she has to go to the bathroom on herself because you don't have a fucking toilet there right you won't let her be a normal human art at this time sylvia tried to run away again but she couldn't make it up the stairs of the basement because she's so fucking weak so 
Stephanie tried to bring her upstairs. Like Stephanie had a moment of compassion apparently. And she was trying to get Stephanie or sorry. She was trying to get Sylvia up the stairs because she was going to give her a bath. Like her mom had hosed her down. I don't believe that. I don't know. I but I think because she was so on death's door, I think perhaps Stephanie she was thinking about herself. Been, She's like, maybe if she doesn't die and I look like I'm helping her at the last minute, I won't go to prison and burn in hell. But also, do you think that uh, as a teenager of that age, you didn't think it was that serious? No. Until you saw her dying, where you're like, "Fuck!" No, because you know what it's like to be humiliated. As a girl, as a teenager, no matter what area I you're agree, in. I agree, but t- like that kind of humiliation and exploitation is... You watch um, her stick a fucking glass coke bottle up to, her vagina. But that's not going to kill you, is what I'm saying. Like, perhaps she thought, oh shit, this is getting real. Like, she's, But why? Because she was going to be implicated. Not because she cared. Because at that be. point, when you... Okay, as a teenage girl, I'd rather be dead then stick a Coke bottle up inside me where a bunch of people watched. I'd rather be dead. Do you know what I'm saying? I do agree with what you're saying, but I I think there's a lot of disconnect that you can do as a teenager. If you've been watching that abuse your whole life, I mean, maybe there was another person there that we don't even know about. So as soon, you know... That was the Sylvia before Sylvia. What was the book that we read... Um, I think about that all the. I was thinking about this this whole left thing. To tell, or left to tell. No, that's a different book. No, um, I, I know the I one tell, you mean. Or if you tell. So yeah. Where the siblings kept moving out. So there's a book called Left to Tell where there was Oof. a significant abuse happening, and it was kind of like this. Were there a couple? Uh, I, somebody was murdered, and they buried them because he wasn't on the system. Her, they watched their mom abused someone to death two times yeah so i kind of feel like perhaps stephanie uh, didn't know the severity so kind of like stockholm syndrome you're saying yes well like Mm. like she thought she she knew it was better it's a young mind you can mold it whatever you feel as you're growing up that is what you know well she's still a piece of shit and she enjoyed no i I get what you're saying but i don't know that she thought syndrome type thing that it's normal not normal but you're so happy to do it to someone else it's already been done to you and it takes a the thing off you i mean yeah who am i to judge but I'm just saying... I, I don't think, know anything close to that. I do think that there was a bit of compassion on Stephanie's part when she thought, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to draw you a bath. Like, we're, we'll nurse you back. Like, But then you I know, know abuse her all over again. Like, No, this is it. Well, this I know it. that. But I'm saying, if you're thinking compassionate, you're not getting her out of the situation. Yeah. No, I I, agree. I still think it was an act to cover her own ass. I really I also, do. I also so she just, could stay on the stand and go, I tried to bring her back to life. I tried to keep her alive. Well, mm, no. Fuck you. No, you're not innocent. I changed my mind. I don't know that <laughs> that, that would have been on her mind because, um, you know, in the 60s, we, we weren't bombarded with true crime all the time. True. Like people okay, didn't what know saying. what trials were or what they were going to bring out. Now okay. we're like, oh yeah, a prosecutor would say blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I get what you're saying. Sweetie. She's not thinking about doing time or anything because that's not a thing. All right. I totally mm-hmm. 100% get what you're saying. 
Because she probably wouldn't be punched anyway. She's under 18. Yeah. All right. But I do That's agree. a really good point. Okay. I do agree I retract that she's... what I said. You're right. She's not acting out of the complete goodness of her heart. I think it's a panic mode. She's no. looking at someone who's close to death and thinking, fuck, we went too far. Let and me try and get it then, Where do we go? Yeah. All right. So, I'll give that. So it would never make it that far because Sylvia collapsed on the stairs going up from the oh. basement. And she stopped breathing. And so you think she was compassionate? She only made it halfway up the stairs? Stephanie tried to do CPR. Last minute. Oh, puke. So she says. Gertrude became enraged that Sylvia was faking. <sighs> How dare she fucking tie on my watch. And she threw a book at her, oh, yelling, faker, faker. I like, hope she did a billion years in hell. So Richard Hobbs went into the house Ugh. around 5.30 that evening. He That's walked the in the door. Friend, right? Yeah. He went downstairs, or he went into the basement, and he found Stephanie crying and holding on to Sylvia's broken body. Mm. Uh, they then notified police. When police arrived, which to me, I thought was crazy. Me like, too. That's shocking. Police, you said Why she wouldn't disappeared. you just bury her yeah. and then say she ran away? No one would ever question in the 60s. I exactly. 100% agree with you. Exactly. That to me is fucking weird. Well, she's just so... It speaks to Gertrude being out of her goddamn mind. Absolutely. Like, I totally agree with you. I've always wondered that. So I'm with you there. She called the police. The police came... Um, she handed them the letter that apparently Sylvia oh. had left mm-hmm. when she ran away with the boys to go gang All the boys. Orgy and whatever the Yay. fuck. Yay. That so, was her life's goal. He's, she said that they dropped her at the doorstep and she had <laughs> been trying to doctor her and nurse her up. Aww. And then that she Man. died. She said she ran away and then the boys returned her when they were done with her. Paula told Jenny... <laughs> Quote, if you want to live with us, Jenny, we'll treat you like one of our own sisters, unquote, attempting to get Jenny to remain silent. <sighs> However, even though Gertrude threatened Jenny, if she said anything, she'd be punished. She whispered to the police, quote, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. God bless her. Yeah. And God bless the police for believing her and not going to Gertrude and fucking this all up. Well, like, they took thank everybody you for that. They took everybody Policeman. to the thank police. You. They took everybody to the police department uh, to give statements. Right, just totally. And normal. by the way, I don't mean anything against the policeman in saying my statement. I'm just saying thank you for believing her because no one else did that. Oh, they tried. For sure. That's all I'm saying. This is yeah. not a diss on policemen. I think you're all amazing. I think you. I think the majority of you are very nice and very good people. The majority, yeah. Well, so, there's a few that like to strangle other people. Yes, I agree. Other colors. All right. But we're not a political show. So, um, when the police took her to the station to get a statement, which they used under the guise of like, we're going to take everyone to give a statement individually, which is normal, um, they arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Jr. just an hour after Jenny gave her statement. Yay. She was like... Because they have children, and they know how fucked up that is. So the oldest of the Gertrude children went to juvenile detention, as did Coy Gubbard, Hubbard. 
I wrote Gubbard, but it's Hubbard. Uh, as did Coy Hubbard. And the other children and Richard Hobbs went to the in- Indianapolis Children's Guardian Home for, to wait trial. So although Gertrude said that she had no idea the abuse and took no part in oh it. Oh my God. Two days later, two days after Sylvia's death, she told an officer that she knew Paula and Coy Hubbard had emotionally and physically abused Sylvia. Oh, she, you fucking bitch. You threw your kids under the bus? She confessed to having had Sylvia sleep in the basement a total of three times for wetting the bed. That was her punishment. Oh, my God. Um, it all came out, though, in the end, all of Gertrude's disgusting acts in trial. Oh, turn, turn on you because you threw him under the bus first. So after the autopsy... The cause of death was listed as subdural hematoma, mm. which was a blow to her right temple, shock from her skin wounds, and severe malnutrition. Poor baby in four um, months. Yeah. You poor baby girl. On the coroner's report, it gets You're saying awful. No. This coroner report gets awful. So the next mm. minute, you might want to... I mean, the whole fucking thing is awful. I, mean, I don't even know why I know. trigger warning anymore. Right. The whole... Like, thing is a shit show of shit shows of shit shows. But I thought, like, I thought is, I think that this is um, necessary to this case just to make sure the depravity is known of these people. Okay, um, do it. Okay. She had prolonged skin damage to the skin, mm-hmm. severe bruising, muscle and nerve damage that would have never recovered. Oh. It would have been completely the rest of her life Aww. her vaginal cavity was almost completely swollen shut Aww. gertrude said that sylvia had been a few months pregnant she was like oh she's pregnant and she's a prostitute and she slept with a lot of guys and blah blah, blah. <sighs> but during uh the doctor's Aww. findings it was proves it was proven false her hymen was intact there was no oh, wow. uh she was not pregnant uh, her fingernails were all broken backwards, oh. and most of her external layers of skin on her face, face, breast, neck, and right knee had been peeled or was oh. receding. Gertrude was guilty on first-degree murder. Good. Paula was guilty on second-degree murder. Both received life imprisonment. Good. Richard, you're going to hate the next part. Um, Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard, and John Jr. were sentenced to 2 to 21 years in the Uh, Indiana Reformatory. Most of the abuse I spoke about was from testimony during trial. It's okay. You'll still burn in hell. It's all good. It was really hard to read through. However, much easier than living through it. So... Mm. as infuriated as we are you'll burn we don't have to live it's all good karma's a bitch we're Um, good also the amount of people who failed to notify authorities is fucking astounding yeah oh you're gonna burn too motherfuckers don't think it's a lot all they had to do all they had to do was phone the police and say i think this is happening yeah you don't have to give your name i mean look right the the reason (laughs) the majority of this unraveled was because that boy called the the school and said hey this is happening. And that he was anonymous. Metal. Yeah, he was anonymous. So, you know, that's like, mm. they didn't have to do anything. And they did nothing. And a beautiful girl. And the fact that they did that in the 60s, I mean, this bitch was fucking serious. Mm-hmm. There's things we probably don't know. 
Oh, that sure. Sylvia went through that other people don't know about. That only Sylvia and her attacker. Well, and she had such potential. should get so much worse. It should be like a piranha up her, her shit. It should... There's... Mm, prison's too good. Oh, yeah. And I have to believe in God at this point because you, that bitch has got to be punished. You're the worst of the worst. Okay. Gertrude, when testifying, said she was too depressed and couldn't control her children, and it was all their idea and their fault for the abuse. She never took any responsibility for her part in the abuse or murder, because she fucking slowly murdered this woman. Mm. Or girl, really. She's not even a woman Right, she's just a baby girl. Um, She said she was on medication for her asthma and doesn't remember anything. Right. Which, That's what asthma medication does. I don't. I don't have asthma. I don't know the medication, but like I'm sure as shit, asthma medication works on the lungs and not <laughs> your brain. And I'm sure there'd be a whole list of serial killer murders. If yeah. That was a thing in the sixties. So 1970, the Indiana Supreme Court reversed the convictions of Gertrude and Paula based on the fact that their judge ignored motions from the defense to change venue and to be tried separately because they were all tried together. So Paula pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter Mm. instead of a retrial. She got two to 21 years. She was released in 1972. Mm. This after she attempted to escape from prison twice. Wow. Now that's shocking. Usually you get added on to your sentence. a lot longer. Like they take it personal. So Gertrude was retried and she was resentenced to life. People in the prison called her mom. They thought she was such a good person and she was like the den mother, blah, blah, blah. She was paroled in 1985, which was much to everyone's protest. Mm -hmm. They had 40,000 signatures from citizens protesting her release. They were picketing on the prison grounds. Um, Jenny and other family members wrote letters to their, uh, to the jail telling them, you know, these are all the reasons that I think she shouldn't be paroled. And they didn't give a shit. They released her anyway. Mm. When she was released, she changed her name to Nadine Van Fousen, which her maiden name is Van Fousen. Mm. And she lived her life as a devout Christian for the rest of her days. (laughs) She died in 1990, thank God. I hope you suffered. um, uh, lung cancer. Good. Hope it suffered and you couldn't so, breathe. At least she was only out for five years, but before she died, it's still it's such an it's an you're so burning in hell. There's no doubt for sure. Even if there isn't a god, there's still some place for people like you. Definitely, you're you're special kind of special. So with that, um, we say bye. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to leave everyone with right, that. Right, that's a hard like, one. Go um, hug your children and be, if you see something, say something. Absolutely, I mean, no matter how minuscule. The the worst thing that can happen is someone comes to investigate and it's off you. Right. Just say something. Just, you know, if you think somebody's having problems or something's going on, like, you can be anonymous. You can call the police Absolutely. and just say, it's so hey, much easier now than it used to be. Yeah, I think you should check this house out. I mean, this right. just happened recently in, in um, Riverside. Those 13 right. Turpin, Turpin children. Yeah. 
And, you know, it just took the one person to say something that was like, this is odd. They're weird. This is like, you should investigate. If I was good, hey, big deal. Yeah, I mean, my kids scream all the fucking time. If a police <laughs> officer came to my door and said, hey, your neighbor or someone uh, is looking for welfare, can I see your children? Can I come in your house? Like, or, I mean, I wouldn't let a police officer in my house, but if social services came and said that there's a problem, absolutely, have at it. You can see right. whatever. I'm, I'm, like, I'm innocent, so I know I'm good. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't want police coming in my house uh, just because I'm fearful of police doing their shit. Like, there, there's a lot of kind of police unrest. I saw that. I didn't do that. I don't we need to sage the house. I know. All right. So, um, yeah, with um, that, we say bye. And go have a drink. Hug your kidlets. Be kind and pray for all of those who don't have help. Right. Because there are a lot of them out there. So. All right. Ciao. Hope other kids get <laughs> to eat ciao. Yeah. Okay. Bye. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.